It's a delight to be with you today to minister the word. Uh, just a little bit about myself. My wife is teaching one of the kids' classes, so she won't be in this gathering. So uh, I, uh, if you don't know her, you won't know her from being here today. <clears throat> We've, uh, we're coming up on 50-year anniversary. Wow, my wife and I. Yeah, I kind of saw a cartoon of a couple that were uh, going on an African safari for their 50th anniversary. And for the trip, he bought her a, a zebra coat. That she was, no, that's not, that's not good. That's, that's not good. But uh, Judy and I have, uh, we're, we grew up in Pennsylvania. I in Fairview, Pennsylvania. Her in North Springfield, then East Springfield, then West Springfield. And neither, none of them are on the map, really. But uh, uh, I grew up in Fairview, Pennsylvania. Uh, we went to an evangelical United Brethren Church uh, called the EUBs. And I was saved under Dr. Dewey Whitwell, an evangelist that came through and uh, uh, at 12 years of age. And then at uh, age 16... I went to a youth gathering in Finley Lake. How many of you have heard of Peak and Peak? Yeah. The ski resort. Oh, thank you so much. All the Ohioans come out there. I mean, it's just packed with Ohio. Uh, and uh, there's, a, there's a church camp there. And I got called into the ministry there and baptized in, in uh, Finley Lake. And a beautiful place. And then uh, I interned at the Federated Church where I met Judy, my wife. And uh, isn't, isn't it neat when you can meet your, your bride in church? That was, that was really, really kind of neat. And uh, just a little aside uh, on that, thinking of my wife. Uh, the other day, we were in the kitchen. And we got to talking with one another. And then she said to me, she says, Dale, you're right near that drawer. My lips are chapped. Could, could you get me some lip balm? So, you know, I reached in and I pulled out what I thought was lip balm. It was one of those crazy glue tubes. <laughs> she didn't talk to me for three days. It was terrible. And, uh, it was awful. <laughs> yeah, no, no tomatoes. Uh, yeah, this is a rough crowd, I'm telling you. A rough crowd. But, uh, but anyhow, went, went on to Buffalo Bible Institute a Bible college in Buffalo, which no longer exists. But uh, then my fourth year, I graduated from Houghton College. There, experiencing the wonderful filling of the Holy Spirit in my life. And uh, then went on to uh, intern ministry for five and a half years. And then 42 years in Jamestown, or Fluvanna, uh, Jamestown, New York. Uh, if I ask you, who's, who's the most famous person ever from Jamestown, New York? Would anybody here know? Dale Kiefer. Um, yeah, there's one in every crowd, you know? Uh, Lucille Ball. That's right. And uh, she grew up outside of Jamestown, a little town called Celeron. And her house that she grew up in is still able, able to see it. And there's a museum. And there's two statues in the park that are named after her ugly Lucy and beautiful Lucy. 
Somebody made a statue of her, and I want to tell you, it is the ugliest thing. <laughs> somebody raised a ruckus. It was in the national news. And so somebody offered to do a bronze statue of Lucy uh, looking like her, which it, it does. So you've got the ugly Lucy, and you've got the beautiful Lucy. Which one do you think people like to go to the most? The ugly Lucy, yeah, yeah, there. But uh, no, they're both visited. It's a beautiful story. And uh, spending those wonderful years in uh, Flavana Community Church, it was a non denominational church. And, uh, but I, we retired and I came here. My wife and I settled here. Our son, Kevin, who's part of this fellowship, um, brought us into being here with you. Actually, I actually remember that probably when this, when this building here was being renovated, Ke Kevin, my son, uh, brought me here to do some work. <laughs> you know, I don't know why I should have worked for him. He never worked for me. But anyhow, Kevin and I, you know, we came and we, I remember putting in insulation and I, I think it was back in this uh, little room back here, back in the, one of these side rooms down here. And uh, so I, I, had a, I had a part in Hope Church uh, when I didn't even know I'd end up here. It was, uh, I, I just recall that in good times with uh, those that were working that day. Well, having said all of that, today is my third opportunity to bring forth the, the bread of life here from this pulpit. And it's been my joy to share on two other occasions. I want to review because I think they're somewhat connected. The first message that the Holy Spirit put on my heart was this. Consider yourselves pruned. And I preached from John 15 about, uh, you know, you are the vine and uh, my father, he is the vine, you are the branches. There it is. And we, we talked about the people who had left, got discouraged from the church here and all that had gone on. And I, I remember the Holy Spirit saying to me, tell them that all I'm doing is pruning away. I'm not destroying anything. And... Uh, right now, I've been driving by some grape vineyards. You know that they're out there clipping off the old, the, the last vines that are there getting ready for the spring. So God is interested in bearing fruit, amen? Not growing, not growing branches, but uh, bearing fruit for his kingdom. So that, that was the first message. The second message that the Lord gave me was that what pleases God and we want to please God, and that is having faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. So we talked about pleasing God by having faith. I talked about simple faith. I talked about you and I practicing faith in its simplicity. Faith is not something we got to struggle with. Just simply trust God and have faith. Now today, this message, favor you have been favored. This, let me tell you how this message came about. Would you like to know sometimes how, how do sermons happen? Um, where do they come from? Sometimes there's a series of messages we preach to. Sean is excellent in expository preaching and teaching and bringing forth you know, a, a book of the Bible. We just 
trek our way through it. That's a wonderful way. Uh, other times, the Spirit of God just directs you to something that he wants to say specifically and uh, he gives that word. I call it, he gives me a word. Well, we were sitting in this sanctuary on a Wednesday night prayer meeting. I was sitting right down front here. And Kevin Kutzel, uh, who is our kind of our missions guy, uh, former pastor, missions, loves missions. And he lined up for us to visit with some missionaries that we support in Southeast Asia. Brandon and Stephanie, we'll just leave those names right that far. If you want to know more about them, they're, they're out there on the board. But uh, we were talking with them, and they were talking to us. I think we were here at like 7.30. They must have been in the middle of the night that they got up to meet and pray with us. And uh, Brandon was telling us about his farming ministry. He's been here in this church, and I've heard him live here. And... Uh, I got intrigued because I grew up on a farm. And God had called him over there, and they're using uh, farming and planting and cattle and all this to, to reach a very difficult culture. Let's say it this way. That's not very favorable to the gospel. But they started telling us about the Lord blessing them this round that they've gone back now and they're expanding their cattle and, and, and they're going to move into some other towns. There's still difficulties there, but they're, they're, they're stretching their vision. And then uh, Kevin led us in prayer and they were praying with us and we were praying with them with a video camera. And while we were praying, right in the middle of this, the Holy Spirit says, Dale... I want you to prayerfully tell them that they have the favor of God. And I thought to myself, really? Now, I don't know about you, but I argue with the Holy Spirit sometimes. He must get very frustrated with me because, uh, you know, are you sure? Am I just thinking this or, or whatever? How many of you know that the Spirit of God can speak to you? Amen. And so... During that time, when it was my chance, I just jumped in and I just released that to them, that the favor of God is upon you. And go minister in that, in that favor. Well, I, I was so blessed with that, that I couldn't get it out of my mind. Couldn't get it out of my spirit. And God began to share with me that... Uh, the, the Hope Church needs to hear that you're favored also. And so I was working that over, and Sean comes up to me and says, Dale, would you like to preach? I said, you don't have to ask me twice. I appreciate this moment, this opportunity. Because in just a little bit, I want to share with you God's favor here in this place. But before we get to that, I want to talk to you about God's favor with you. There was this lady in the Bible that we talked about just over these last month by the name of Mary. Mary had a visit with the angels. You remember this story well? And the angel came to Mary. In, uh, in Luke chapter 1, if you have your Bible, would you just uh, turn with me? Otherwise, it'll, it'll, I think it'll get up on the screen. 
In, uh, in Luke uh, chapter 1, it says, The angel came uh, unto Mary and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with you. Blessed art thou among women. How beautiful for her to hear, hear that she was not only favored, she was highly favored. Wow, what a beautiful thing. Now, some version, I have the King James version there. Some versions say, greatly graced. You know, that, that might be in your Bible. For you see, what is favor? Favor is the grace of God. And the Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. So when by the grace of God, we are born again of the Spirit of God, listen, you have God's favor just like that. Why? Because you have opened your heart to what God has gifted us with, the gift of his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, it goes on and tells us here in verse 30, And the angel said again to her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Now, I don't know about you, but what do you do when you're told that you're favored? Most of us would go, Oh, no, I, not me. I'm just a humble servant. I... I I lack a lot of gifts, and I'm not like a lot of people. Surely, surely God could use somebody else but me. But I want to show you what, how Mary received this. After she received this news and her pregnancy, she headed out of town. Do you know how long she was gone? Three months. She left Nazareth, and she went to her cousin's house by the name of Elizabeth. And Elizabeth was also pregnant. Mary was young. Elizabeth was old. And who could tell me who was in the, inside the womb of Elizabeth? Anybody? John the Baptist. And when Mary greeted Elizabeth at the door, she went, oh! I can, did I do that okay? <laughs> I, I saw my wife four times, you know, feeling that, the baby move and all that. And she said, she said to Mary, when you greeted me, my baby leaped in its womb, in her womb, and she was filled with the Holy Spirit. So awesome. And there, that day, Mary gave praise, what we call the Magnificat. Have you ever heard that word? In Luke chapter 1, verse 46, Mary and Elizabeth get together, and I want you to see this, because here is Mary, told that she has favor with God, and it almost sounds like she's bragging about it. Look at it. My soul doth magnify the Lord. And my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior, for he has regarded or shown favor to the low estate of his handmaiden, for behold, 
From henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. You want to talk about bragging? You know what I say? Go for it. Because you are blessed, Mary. Tell the world you are blessed. How many of you know that Mary, there's not a lot said about Mary, a little bit here and there, but Mary shows up in the book of Acts. Do you know where she was found? On the day of Pentecost. When they were in the upper room, it tells us that the Spirit of God came. Remember the, the cloven tongues of fire. And there Mary was filled with the Holy Spirit along with the other 120. Or 119. She 120. And she received the wonderful presence of the Holy Spirit. You talk about blessed. Now we bless her not because she's anything far greater. Because I want to take a moment to talk about the difference between being blessed or having God's favor and favoritism. All right? Favor and favoritism. If you go around telling people, well, God's favored me, you know what some people would go? Oh, why are you bragging? Well, I'm going to say this. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. It's uh, maybe a little awkward, but it's okay once in a while to say God is good. And uh, in our prayer meetings, I love in our prayer meetings, uh, people praying. Let, let's just pray how God has been good to you. And I just love those prayers that just go up about the goodness of God. We need to proclaim the goodness of God, don't we? To each other at least. And share the good news. Well, uh, move, moving forward, since I didn't get to this last service, you guys get the extra. All right? There's another guy that I want to talk about with the favor of God, and that's in the book of Job. Uh, Job chapter 1. Uh, I was always confused for a long time until I found it wasn't Job, it was Job. And uh, it took me a while to figure that out. But uh, Job was, we don't know his connections. He was one of the old patriarchs uh, planted there. And, and it, it says in Job chapter 1, there was a day when, this, verse 6, when the sons of God presented themselves before the Lord and uh, Satan came also among them. So here's God and Satan meeting in the heavenlies. And... Uh, God said to Satan, where, where have you been? What are you doing? And he says, I'm going to and fro upon the earth, up and down in it. And here's the beautiful part, the question. The Lord says to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? I like that. Have you paid attention? Have you observed my servant Job? And then here's what he says. There is none like him in the earth. Has God ever bragged on you? I want to tell you, unbeknownst to you, he has. God brags on his children. And here we have Satan. Oh, first of all, he says, God says there's none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man. <laughs> uh, you can hear... Uh, I don't know about that. 
One that fears God and turns away from evil. So God had this litany of blessings about Job. And do you know what Satan says to him? He says, does Job fear God for anything? Have you not made a hedge about him? Now, I want to talk about this. Have you ever heard of the hedge principle? The hedge principle is this, that God chooses in most cases, especially in the early years of our salvation, to put a hedge about us. A hedge is, in those days, uh, maybe wild roses, uh, uh, pricker bushes. Uh, we would call it barbed wire today. Uh, they would use it natural barbed wire, we would consider. And uh, God has put barbed wire around you. And you're just protecting Job. You're just good to Job. And he goes on and he says to him, he accuses God, he says, you have blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land. And then Satan says, you put forth your hand now and touch all that he has and he will curse you to your face. So how does God respond to that? God says, okay. And so what God does, and, and so to speak, is he, he lets down a little bit of the hedge, and he gave Satan permission to attack Job. My point is this, that we can live in the favor of God and still have seasons where Satan comes after you. Don't think that Satan's going to stop because you're, you're having favor with God. As a matter of fact, the more he finds out that God's got favor on you, the more he's interested in attacking you. Because he wants us to do the very thing that he was hoping Job would do to curse God. Well, he lost his cattle, he lost his wealth, he lost his kids. Satan came again the second time, and Satan says, have you seen my servant Job? He's still hanging in there. Yeah, but you let me touch his body. You, you, you open the door to his bad health, and he will curse you. Well, Job got boils. We know the story of Job and his boils. And he was deathly ill and sick. And all of a sudden it says, I'll read this to you in chapter 2. Then said his wife to him, Do you still retain your integrity? Curse God and die. Now I love this. He said to his wife, you speak as one of the foolish women speak. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God? And shall we not receive evil or trouble or adversity? In all this did not Job sin with his lips. What a guy. What a man. 
Here a man who knew the favor of God. So you, we won't go through all his buddies coming to him and say, Job, you had to do something wrong. Nobody could go through all this. God must be against you. He said, I don't know. I haven't done anything that I know of. And this battle back and forth, it's almost disheartening to read the rest of the book of Job. Till you come to the end when God squares things up and blesses Job twice as much. Hallelujah! As he had before. Children, cattle, everything was blessed twice as much. Well, I want to talk to you personally. I want to make this personal today. And I hope that what I share with you won't consider boasting. But when I pastored in, in Jamestown, I love Jamestown. Uh, God called me in my very young years there. I started out, I was the lead pastor at 27, Sean. I didn't even know what I was doing. I didn't tell anybody that I didn't know what I was doing, but I found out later they all knew. I, I want to thank God for men and women of the church who made excuses for me. Said, oh, he's just young. That eventually ended. <laughs> and then it shifted over to, oh, he's just old. He's getting old. <laughs> He's just getting old. He's losing it. And there in those days, after 42 years, my wife and I decided we'd retire. And so we, we figured we needed to move far enough away to let the new pastor coming in kind of get, get his feet wet. And so we ended up here in Brunswick. Kevin, our son, comes here and, and and all of that. and So Kevin was uh, telling me, hey, says, we go to Hope Church now. So we started coming here and started getting our blessings here at Hope Church. It was a, it was a beautiful thing. But I want to tell you, in my heart of hearts, I didn't love Brunswick. I didn't really love this town, and I frankly didn't want to. Um, I loved where we were from all those years, and my heart was there. You know, that song, I left my heart in San Francisco. Well, I left mine in Jamestown, you know. And I had this attitude, like, I'm just here. This is an airport. I'm in and out. We go here. We go there. And uh, I'll just kind of just kind of hang around. Well, my daughter-in-law, Liz, one day says, I'm, uh, you, you know, the city of Brunswick, Wick says that you can paint your fire hydrant in front of your house. I said, oh, okay. So she said, why don't you check it out? So I did. And uh, in our subdivision, there's 12 fire hydrants. And we walk our dog uh, throughout the subdivision. I know every one of those fire hydrants. <laughs> And uh, they, uh, they didn't look so good, most of them. And so um, I got some paint and a brush and did 12 fire hydrants. Well, the next, uh, by the way, my wife appreciated the fact that I was out of the house a little bit, <laughs> you know. So the next uh, spring, 
came around. And my wife says, why don't you paint some more fire hydrants? I, I, I don't get it sometimes, you know. So uh, I got some more paint, volunteered, and I went out and started painting fire hydrants. Just doing it for, and I did 20, and then I did 30, and then 50, and then 100. The fire chief, he says, Dale, Channel 5 News from Cleveland is going to come out and do a story on you. I said, me? <laughs> yeah. I said, oh, that's, that's weird. So they brought a crew out, camera crew, and uh, the lady with their microphone, all that, and uh, did a, ended up being a five-minute documentary on me painting fire hydrants. Does that sound like news or not? I mean, <laughs> hey, we're really hard up for news. We need to have some, you know. Well, that wasn't all of it for the season ended, and the fire chief said, you're being summoned to the city hall of Brunswick. And they have a citation to give to you. <laughs> for speeding or what, you know, you know like... They gave me a citation for volunteering for the summer, and the fire or the uh, mayor Ron Falcone, yeah. yeah, he comes up and he hands me the award and he says, "Here's the microphone. Would you like to say anything?" <laughs> Putting a microphone in front of a preacher—dangerous stuff. <laughs> How many of you say, "I don't think I'd do that." I'm already looking. When's Dale going to finish? Um, won't be long. So there, that evening, I told them that I didn't like this town. But I said, after all of this painting, while I was painting, the Holy Spirit said, while you're on your knees, Dale, what do you think he said? Pray. I said, oh, really? Pray? You mean for all these houses and all these people? Now listen, I started to pray. And God started to give me a heart for Brunswick. Pray the Lord of the harvest. Pray that he may send forth laborers into his harvest. And so at the end of that year, after all of that, the fire chief called me in one day and he says, Dale, we want to hire you. We want to pay you. I said, cool. <laughs> I was just volunteering. So I, I had to check with my wife. I said, you know, uh, might be paid. I might be gone a lot. Oh, take all you can take. You know, you know. <laughs> Lord and I made a deal. He said, clear to me. He said, Dale, I'll let you do this if 50% of it goes to my work. I said, Lord, where did the tithe go? You know, inflation, and now the tithe is up to 50% now. <laughs> now there, the Lord and I have been together in all these places that uh, I had painted were now on my heart. Kevin Kutzel decided that we were going to have a group of any group that wanted to pray for our community, the lost people of Brunswick, 
let's come and start to pray. And we gathered in this little room back here. Uh, This was just October or whatever, September. So a bunch of us just started praying. And the Holy Spirit says, Dale, do you love Brunswick? I said, yeah. And he put in my heart to go door to door during the Christmas season and pass out the bulletins into every house. So the Lord and the Holy Spirit and I had another argument. I said, people don't want the door-to-door stuff. That's, nobody likes that anymore. Do it. You know, come on. So I started out going door-to-door. Uh, found out that I didn't get one negative response for about three weeks. Everywhere I went, uh, those that were at the house greeted me and thanked me. I was so surprised. Well, then, unbeknownst to me, as I'd go to these houses, I'd see a lot of them with a ring doorbell. Does everybody know what a ring doorbell is? And they have cameras on them. They use them for surveillance now. I mean, they use them all the time for everything. And uh, while I was standing at the door, I found myself talking to a doorbell. (laughs) Hello, my name's Dale come by to invite you to Hope Church. And our Christmas services are on this invite. Please feel free to come. We'd love to have you. And uh, so I started doing that and I was telling my brother from Georgia about what I was doing. And he says, Dale, you've got missed one thing. That's my brother. He says, while you're standing there, why don't you pray for them? I go, what an idea. Now listen, most people don't want anybody coming to their house, but when you have a ring doorbell, you invite me in. (laughs) Hello, my name's Dale. I've come by to invite you. Can I pray with you? And there on those porches, I would just pray a simple prayer, nothing theological. Lord, bless this house and all who dwell here. May the Christ of Christmas find his way into your heart. And I pray this in Jesus' name. And it was just, it was just an overwhelming thing to me that God is interested. And I found out that the people that came to the door face to face, as soon as I mentioned Hope Church, they knew that I wasn't one of those other guys. You know what I mean? I was... A Hope Church guy. Oh, Hope Church? Yeah, thank you. And I saw, listen, listen. I told Pastor Sean. I couldn't wait to tell him. I said, this church has favor. God has given Hope Church favor in this community. One of those things that led me to understand this more and more is Have you heard about the ministry called Hope Kids? There's a number of people from the church that go to the local elementary school. What's the name? Applewood. Applewood, right. Applewood. And they go to these disadvantaged or or kids. They're just kids that just need a little help. And they, they love on them. They can't talk to them about Jesus. They can't say the gospel. But they just love on them. And listen, all the teachers say, 
Oh, what a wonderful group. And the teachers are bragging on Hope Church. So when they say, oh, we can't have religion in the church or in the, in the schools, guess what? It's taking place right under their nose. Because when those opportunities outside of school are made, these kids learn about Jesus. We got the botter, the kids that pack this place during the summer. People talk, people see. What's going on there? I want to tell you, without them maybe even knowing it, they are expressing God's favor on this church. So I want to close with three things. They're very short. Why I believe God's favor is on this church. And I say this from a man who's pastored and been around pastors all my life. I say this with the utmost confidence. Number one, Hope Church is a mission-minded emphasis church, both at home and overseas. The heart of God is this. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. And lo, I am with you always. So if the heart of God is reaching lost people, why wouldn't God's favor be here? Because we're doing what God has asked us to do. Number two. Bible-centered preaching and discipleship. And you are blessed to have a pastor who preaches the word. Can I hear an amen, somebody? Amen. Right. Preaches and teaches. He's a teacher-preacher. And uh, what a blessing. What a blessing for us to, to sit under the word. And, and I'm going to just say, not only him, but... Just people who filled this pulpit. All these elders that got up and preached on the churches. Great. Did a great job. How wonderful to hear the word of God preached. Plus discipleship. We can thank, I think I saw Brother George. Yeah, George Panna right here in the back. Now I want to tell you, he's a superintendent. I want to tell you, he's a bad man. <laughs> now I'll tell you what. George is after all of you to say... Get into a Bible study. Grow in the Lord. Find a place and the opportunities are being given. And if you aren't catching it, put it on your agenda to say next time, next opportunity, I'm going to get involved in this because this is where the heart of God is. The, the Bible says also, go ye into all the world and preach. And the word there for preach is make disciples of all nations. And then thirdly, prayer meeting. Prayer meeting. Do you know what the first thing is that gets shut down in historically in churches all across America is the prayer meeting. Churches have closed off their prayer meeting. Just say, and I'd say, why don't you have a prayer meeting? Nobody shows up. I said, really? Whose fault is that? Prayer meeting. Now, in and of itself, there, I mean, there's other places to pray other than in the sanctuary. 
There's groups, uh, prayer groups that are meeting. I hear from the church. I, I love hearing about, oh, we've got a prayer group here. and A bunch of ladies meet over here. And oh, I just say, oh, that's wonderful. Wonderful. But the heart of God is prayer. And this, if, if you don't know this, I'm going to underscore this because I can say it. Because if you throw me out, that's, I guess, okay. But prayer meeting is where you need to be. If you can make it. If you can set aside, I, I, I remember Sunday morning service, Sunday night service, Wednesday night service, and evangelistic meetings, all this. Listen, listen, we're not overworked anymore. But if God puts on your heart to set aside an hour to get, get here and pray together and let the Spirit of God work because the heart of God is also wrapped up in the prayer meeting. So, I call on you as the people of God to live in God's favor. I want you to act like you're in God's favor. I want you to be able to walk around knowing God has blessed me. And here's the key. If God has blessed you, everywhere you go, they're going to be blessed too because of you being a blessing. I'd like you to bow your head, close your eyes, take a little moment with me before we enter into this last songs that we're going to sing, our song. There may be any number of you here today. Listen, I feel this in my spirit right now. There are a goodly number of you that are saying, why? Would God want to use me? Why me? Listen. It's not your prerogative. It's his. And God's favor is born out of his grace. And his grace is enough for you. Well, I couldn't do. I'm afraid of what God would ask me to do. Listen. God won't ask you to do something that he won't be capable to fill you and equip you for what he's calling you to do. Just be willing. Say, God, here am I. I'm available. And know that if God has already blessed your life now, he wants to increase that blessing. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. It kept increasing. So the, as the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart today, would you just be willing to say, here I am, Lord. Aren't you glad that Mary accepted the favor of God in her life? Aren't you glad that Job didn't turn away from God's favor and run away? And aren't you glad that you have a church home called Hope Church? That if God has called you here, then put aside all the things that aren't perfect because there's no perfect church. And there's no perfect pastor. And there's no perfect any one of us. But that God would just tie us together and say he's favored us together to do a work together, a mission 
together. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your time that you spent with us today. And thank you, Lord, for the blessings in my life. You've blessed me beyond measure. And I'm so glad to be a part of this fellowship and to be a part of these brothers' and sisters' lives. We join our heart to yours today.